You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Good Sunday afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. As uh, we're off to a, a great start here, as Justin is scrambling to say he can't hear anything. Why can't he hear anything? And I am turning knobs and hitting buttons, and it turns out his headphones aren't even plugged in. But they were plugged in because I could hear everything for the sound check. So you must have stepped on the cord. I don't know yeah. what else to tell you there. So. In lieu of knocking things over last week, I figured I would just start unplugging things this week, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, so oh, all good things. Good start, but that's okay. We're here for uh, the seventh episode of our eighth season, and much like last week, we are not by ourselves. We have a guest. He's been here before, but we're thankful that he's ready to join us once again. It is Mike Drago from MikeDragoSports.com, who was at the game Friday night and has a slew of information on the website, which Justin just said to me, Mike, when we were at practice the other day, he cannot even keep up with everything you've been rolling out on the page, which for subscribers of MikeDragoSports.com, that can only be seen as a positive. Thanks, Justin. I'll, maybe I'll slow the pace down a little this week <laughs> to give you a chance to catch up. Hey, you keep doing your thing and it's up to me. I, I need to raise my game is how I how I look at it. So. Well, the yeah, the last month's been pretty exhausting. I, I can tell you that it's been it's been nonstop, especially the last week. But uh, I'm really excited with uh, the you know the, the start we got off to this season and uh, ready to go. And we're going to talk about uh, the first year of the site, uh, you know, which you just uh, celebrated a few weeks ago. Rolling into year two strong, a lot of things going on, a lot of coverage. Uh, and we appreciate that being able to uh, stay in touch, not with just with the Bulldogs, but all everything happening throughout Berks County and uh, and the LL League now. So, and I know you've got a partnership with uh, Lancaster Online, Lancaster Newspaper, uh, and and the great staff that they have up there. And we're looking forward to talking about that and all the upcoming coverage. But before we do that, we do want to do our housekeeping, um, like we do every show, and that is to thank the sponsors. Uh, primarily, they presented by sponsor of May's Sandwich Shop. My dad, uh, Bill Mays, has been a huge supporter of uh, not just this show, but the show that Justin and I started, geez, over 11 years ago now. And oh. we can continue to go strong with that one uh, in the non-Wilson football season, because that uh, Wilson football demands weekly shows. But besides uh, May's Sandwich Shop, we do have an abundance of Season 8 sponsors, which I'm very thankful for and appreciate everyone that has joined on. Besides May's Sandwich Shop, uh, we have the Hop family, and one that came in right before the show, our buddy Andy Herr, back uh, on. Yes, I, so yes. I, I didn't even have time to update the slide, so I'll I mean, get Andy, Andy on next Andy, week. Andy finally came back to Pennsylvania. He, like, you know, he, <laughs> I just thought he was setting up shot in Delaware. Right, but. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so Andy Herr, who's also been a longtime supporter of ours, hopefully we'll see him at a Wilson game this year. He hopped on as a, a sponsor again just before this show started. We have six anonymous donors, which is just fantastic. I wish they would allow us to uh, thank them. Uh, by name, but we will respect their wishes. And then I mentioned this on last week's show, but again, thanks once again to our guest tonight, Mike Drago, 
a sponsor of the show for a second straight year. So, Mike, we really appreciate the support. Oh, I wanted to be invited back, so I figured I'd better send you a check. <laughs> to be fair, I had asked you a few months ago to come back on the show. It was not, it was a check was not a requirement, but it is completely appreciated. Well, you're, you're welcome. I'm glad to do it. So, uh, besides the sponsorships, advertising, and the donations, uh, one of the great ways you can support the show is uh, sort of like what Mike, Mike wants to visits to the website. Go to the website. BulldogHour.com is a, a huge place for announcements, information, stats, history, anything you can think of with Wilson football. It's on there. And uh, if you want to see something on there, please let me know. Uh, other things you can do, Justin's favorite. Yeah, like and share. Um, you know, we hear lots of it from you guys when we see you on Friday nights at the games. Um, just if there's something you like or something you want to see, just like and share and interact with it on online, and uh, that just helps spread the word. Yeah, the, the, the kind words that we get are uh, – are awesome especially you know we've heard it for many years from a lot of parents appreciate the things that Justin and i are able to do on friday nights and then on the weekends after the games but uh when the players say you know really really means something special that it's reaching out uh, to everyone and we've been hearing from a lot of parents and players this year so we do appreciate the kind words um and we'll be back next week um again we're weekly now so uh, episode eight will be next sunday september 4th 8 30 as the expected uh, start time and we will be recapping the game against Central Dolphin and then previewing with a week three opponent against Martin Luther King. So uh, we're already in the thick of it, Justin. Schedule, we're, you know, we're, we're heading towards the bottom of that first uh, column. I know, which is just crazy. Every year, we, we say it every single year. So the opening night game was Friday. Wilson hosted Roman Catholic. And to break that one down, we have Mike Drago here with us. And once Mike said he was going to the game, I was like, we got to get you on the show because we want to talk about it, not just about Roman Catholic, but everything that you've uh, experienced with the Bulldogs this summer and uh, the, the schedule that they have about. But we'll start with the Roman Catholic game. Everyone knew going in that it was going to be a, a, a tough game. New opponent, someone you, you've never played before, poses a certain amount of issues to begin with. But then knowing the amount of talent that the Cahillites, didn't I say that correctly? Is that right? I, I think I think so. Okay. Yeah. Roman Catholic poses... Um, you know, all off season we heard, you know, they had five or six division one guys. And then I was doing the preview that I was writing up and I'm like, mm, I'm up to about 12. And then I just heard someone Friday night tell me 16. So 16 division one prospects, which is just mind blowing. Uh, you know, you might see one or two, maybe three on some strong teams, but to think 16 from the freshman class to the senior class on one squad is not something that, that, that I'm used to seeing. So on paper, you knew it was going to be a battle. Things started out pretty good for Wilson, though. Um, but unfortunately, they weren't able to maintain that intensity and the momentum. And things really spiraled out of control, especially in the fourth quarter when um, Roman Catholic was able to capitalize on a late turnover. And uh, things snowballed on them. But, um, Mike, what were your first impressions from the Wilson-Roman Catholic game? I thought 15 minutes into the game, this is going to be a route Wilson's direction. Because Roman looked very unorganized. Their special teams looked like a disaster waiting to happen. They made the mistake of kicking the cam, which told me they must not have scouted Wilson because it's not a secret you don't kick the cam. And then, uh, you know, the, the defense got three straight, three and outs to open the game. I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be 30 to 6 Wilson. And, and um, you know, all the hype that we heard about uh, was, was just that hype because sometimes we see these teams with with these division one prospects or alleged division one prospects, but also they were three and seven last year. So 
you know, how good was this team? Now, I, I know that they have really uh, put a renewed emphasis on football at Roman, which has always been known as a basketball school, you know, one of the probably the greatest program in um, Catholic history in terms of basketball, but it's a football program you never hear about. But they have a new coach that came in a few few years ago, Rick Preet, and it looks like the school has told him to go for it, and he's you know he's going for it, and he's bringing in some top flight kids. So they had some talented kids. I mean, the, the speed in the backfield and at receiver was, you know, you had you needed a team to be technically perfect and in the right position to stop them. And for a while, Wilson was, but then the you know the injuries started mounting up. I, I don't know how how much that played a factor, but you know, one by one, Wilson started losing guys on defense. I think by mid-third quarter, they were down, well, Farrell didn't even start. Right. They were down maybe three to four starting positions on defense, and it was still a close game. It was a one-possession game when uh, uh, Rada kicked the field goal. Right. But even at, by that point, I got the sense they were hanging on. But, you know, at full strength, if those guys don't get hurt and they stay on the field, I, I think it's a more respectable game. It just got out of hand at the end yeah it's it, you'd look at the if anyone just looks at the scoreboard you're gonna think that wasn't a competitive game at all which is not the case but honestly i'll take that from people that aren't paying attention yeah you, you undersell a team that's fine right that's kind of was kind of my thought i'm like you know obviously you never want it to get out of hand but you know maybe someone will see that and kind of overlook us down the road but that that's the problem for down the road uh, i doubt for, it I, for them to pick. I know i know wishful thinking I'm, but right i'm grasping at straws nobody here. is ever going to overlook the wilson bulldogs <laughs> you know that doug knows that and uh you know his entire staff knows that so they're always going to get your best your best shot i think and I'm, this is not to disrespect any of these big the big time recruits that they had but honestly i feel like some of the guys that didn't have big time offers maybe made a bigger impact on the game than than some of the others. I mean, obviously, everyone knows Jamil Lyons. He was—he's a beast. Like he—he—he he, he looks the part. He plays the part. Absolutely incredible talent uh, at defensive end. I'm glad I'll be playing for my blue and white next year. Like that excites me. But I thought the um, running back uh, Mao Howe was fabulous, and also I believe the the young man who was the quarterback last year, but has now kind of moved into the athlete role, play a little run back, a little wide receiver, or wildcat type quarterback. Um, was it? Is it Robertson? Yes. Uh, I thought he, uh, number three, number I believe. Three. I thought he, the two of them combined, I think, is what took Wilson by storm. They they kept Tysir Denmark mostly mostly in check. He had, he had a, a nice catch and run, but it really was, I thought, number one, number three, Hallen Robertson, that ended up controlling that game with uh, in the running game. And that was a tough thing to overcome and stop after, like you mentioned, the first three series where Wilson got three and outs and I'm feeling really good, you know, up 12, nothing defense looking good. And, you know, a credit to Roman Catholic for weathering that storm and eventually um, taking over the game. Uh, you did mention the injuries that Wilson uh, had to start um, at a linebacker, Landon Farrell didn't even dress. He's dealing with an injury that suffered in, in training camp. And then throughout the game, you know, you had multiple offensive and defensive linemen go down. You had uh, a linebackers go down. Uh, it just it <laughs> it wasn't an ideal start to the season, both, you know, in the win column, which you didn't get. And then also the health of the squad, which we, we've seen, I feel like, fairly often the last few years. And people do ask me continually, Mike, why does Wilson want to keep playing these big, big time opponents that slug it out and you get injuries and you're missing your entire team? You know, the the collective team that you wanted to have, that you thought you would have for two, three, four weeks at the beginning of the year. And I mean, they want the competition. I don't think they don't want to back down. 
but it is, I feel like a lot of people want them to reconsider playing Central Dolphin and Roma Catholic, and they're not going to. I'm just saying that's what people want from no, them. No, they shouldn't. I mean, Wilson is a top-shelf program. They should be out there playing Central Dolphin. It would be a crime if that game was taken away from the schedule because those are two perennial District 3 quad A or big school you know, contenders that in, in any given year, one of them or both of them can win a title. So, you know, Wilson, A, shouldn't be backing down. And the other problem is, and Doug tells me this all the time, they can't find games. Teams yeah. don't want to play Wilson because it has, and this is one reason Mannheim Central wanted to get Wilson off the schedule. Mannheim Central could play with Wilson and give them a competitive game, but they got so beat up in the process that the next week, you know, uh, Mike Williams was down four or five starters, and sometimes that, that affected them for several several weeks. And I did this once before, did kind of a little study about teams' records the week after playing Wilson. And, you know, it, it, takes, it takes a toll on your team. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you have, you have, you've done it. You've studied that. Yeah. I thought that's yeah. interesting. I'd like Just to because, see a write-up on that. <laughs> because, you know, because of the reluctance of top programs like Mannheim Central to play them. And I understand that. You don't want to play a game, even if you can win it, where you're going to be short four or five guys for the next three weeks. It's, you know, the high school teams, this isn't like uh, power five programs in college where, you know, your third, your number three quarterback on the depth chart is still you know, a high school All-American. Right, a four-star you know, guy. And you've got eight offensive linemen who are 350 pounds and, you know, one guy goes down, you just bring another Javen Williams off your bench. Say, it's not we're like, not all why I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not like that in high school. You know, when when you have, you know, Nick Whitesaw at the end, starting he's there for a reason because he's your best d end and the number two guy there's probably a pretty big gap between one and two so the injuries can really mount and especially when you have a guy like brady klein who's a two-way starter i mean he's playing h back which is critical to your offense in terms of not just as a receiver but he's often your lead blocker you lose him and also take him away from your defense you know now you need two guys to replace him and again those two guys are not going to be nearly the athlete he is. So, yeah, coaches are just terrified of injuries because it could wreck your season. Yeah, Nick Weitzel gone for most of the game. Cleveland Harding, I think, had, what, two carries before he left with an injury and missed the rest of the game. Uh, we saw injuries to Nick Krakona, the starting outside linebacker. You mentioned Brady Klein. These are all supremely important individuals that unfortunately were, were dinged up and missed uh, a large portion of the game. And I know that was one thing that um, the coaching staff, by and large, was, you know, they're not happy with the loss, but they're not going to enter panic mode. We saw it last year. You started two and three. We able to weather the storm and get things right. The coaches were preaching next man up mentality. You must be ready because your number can be called at any moment. And obviously, and they said this, we've said it all summer, every year it's been said, but until it happens, it's tough to get student athletes, young men to buy into that. And obviously now there's a, a huge red flag to say, hey, we need guys to step up. That was game one. We got at least nine more to go. Who's going to be ready to go? And um, that's one of the biggest, biggest takeaways. So, Justin, what do you have anything to say about the game Friday night? Yeah, I just, you know, I think there were. In my mind, there were a lot of parallels to a couple of the games that got away from Wilson early last year uh, where they got really banged up and. Game got away from them. But at the same time, I also try, again, trying to be optimistic, you know, when I look at it, but I, I really do truly feel this way. I look, they were able to learn from those bumps and bruises to 
ego and the body early last year and kind of recover and were able to then um, turn it into a really successful season. You know, they found their identity and all those things. I would love for it to kind of hit their stride before week six this year, you know, like, um, but w- when you look at it, yeah, there's a, I, it was a disappointing Friday night. Like you said, it Roman Catholic, you know, after, especially after maybe the first 10 or so minutes, it really kind of, they, they were kind of what, what we expected. Um, but after like, after that, it also started going bad for Wilson. It kind of snowballed out of control. And, and you hope that, all right, well, we regroup and we get ready this week. And you have Central Dolphin coming up, um, which is going to present its own challenges. Different from Roman Catholic, but you know they're going to be ready to go. You know they're going to be physical. You know, I, I honestly, I thought Roman Catholic ran it once for success. And once they overthrew it, the, where they're lined up tight and they've been pounding you with the run. And then they throw the little play action to the guy running the scene. Well, Central Dolphins going to run that play too. You see it every single year. Um, you know, I, I, I'm confident our guys will be ready. It's just one of those things where there was plenty that went wrong, but I didn't leave the game panicking, thinking, oh no, the sky's falling. It was just, you take your lumps and bruises and we need to regroup and get right for next week. So, you, you know, Justin, you mentioned last year, those big losses early to Mifflin and Exeter. I mean, there, if, there were maybe a couple of silver linings in those, as tough as those games were. One is uh, Wilson was forced to play some younger guys, and those younger guys got some experience, and that helped them later in the season, and now it's helping them uh, this season. And the other is they were 2-3 and three at midseason, almost being written off or written off by some people, and they rebounded from that, and now they know that this one loss is not going to end their season. They can come out next week and – and and win that game and and they're fine and and they you know, they can still achieve all all of their goals. So I just played the um, the highlights from the Wilson huddle and I think those are auto generated. It's not the best. I really got to get back to uh, grabbing all the plays because they didn't even show us Cam's kickoff return for or excuse me punt return for a touchdown. Um, but Justin and I talked, and I feel like Mike, you probably would agree. We always give out a Bulldog Hour player of the game, and I feel like for Wilson, it had to be once again Cam Jones. You know, the electric senior who just committed the Holy Cross. He scored both touchdowns for the Bulldogs on Friday night. Uh, one on a rushing play um, out of their um, their their uh, strong formation, you know, near the goal line or short yardage type play. He got in first there. And um, unfortunately, the extra point was missed there to go up 6 nothing. Uh, but then I believe it was the next series after Roman Catholic pumped which I couldn't believe they were punting to him. And I know you said how much scouting was done there if you're trying to punt to him. Because they eventually later started to kick it to the side, but not sure why you wouldn't do that from the start. But they didn't, and Cam made him pay 77-yard touchdown uh, to the end zone to give Wilson a 12 nothing lead. And I know some people, not that this would have changed the game, but we thought that the two-point play was good. I know, Justin, you had mentioned you thought from, it, it was from close. From my angle, it looked really close. I, I mean, I'm... 90 yards away, like 50, <laughs> 50. I'm on the 50 yard line looking at the goal line from the opposite angle. It was tough. It was close, but I mean, I, I can't say that he was in, but uh, yeah, another here or there, but it, it, they, they went up 12, nothing. Uh, and, but that was, that was it in terms of reaching the end zone. Then Ben Rada did get a kick a field goal, which Mike talked about earlier uh, to cut the, um, the, the Roman Catholic lead to 20 to 15. And unfortunately Wilson just couldn't, 
couldn't stop the Catholic offense um, when they needed to, uh, and things snowballed in the fourth quarter. But Cam Jones did have another strong game, especially at the beginning, um, and he also played uh, uh, great on defense. Oh, man, he was, he was really good on defense, and that's one, especially in high school football, doesn't necessarily get noticed as much. You know, you don't have entire departments on every team calculating every single thing, you know, like, oh, this play was taken away or all that stuff. But they threw his direction a number of times, which honestly, even towards as last year went on, you stopped seeing that a little bit. And he was there and made some big pass breakups. And, hey, we're, we're going to need that from him all yeah. year. So. He had five tackles and two pass breakups. I think part of that with Cam is why, why they kicked to him and why they threw to his side. Uh, a couple of things. I think from the Roman standpoint, it was sort of a macho thing. Like, let's we know this guy's good. Let's see how good he is. Let's challenge him. And they found out about the kicking, and then they, they didn't kick to him again. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, Rick Preet, I just saw on Twitter, he um, he complimented Cam on a good game. So yeah, I, think there's, okay. I yeah. think there's a relationship there. I think they know each other. And so Rick certainly is aware of, of uh, Cam's talent. But I think it was sort of that macho thing, like, we think we're good. Let's see your best Let's player. Let's see how good you are. Yeah, and right. they found out. Yeah, they did. And But, I mean, obviously, Roman Catholic, immensely talented. I'd be interested to follow them the rest of the year and see how they how they do in the, the Philly Catholic League. I, I mean, you know, their, their section's loaded. They've got St. Joe's, they've got Archbishop Wood, and they've got LaSalle. Right. So that partly explains that 3-7 and seven record. I mean, they could be 5-5 five and five this year with that schedule. Right. Yeah, the, the talent that's down there is, is hard to fathom. It really is. But um, So Wilson comes out with the loss again in a tough game, great opponent. And we'll move on to Central Dauphin. We'll get to them in a moment. Okay. Before we move on, I just want to get your, your thoughts, Justin and Joe, on kicking the cam. Now, like I said, Roman probably had their reasons for doing it. But once you get into league play, these teams know about him. How much How much do you think we're going to see that? Or are we just going to see teams kicking it out of bounds without giving I, it a thought? I think teams are going to kick, like, kick off short and they're going to punt essentially out of bounds to the sidelines almost every time. Now I think some of that, and we've seen some big pump blocks over the last couple of years. I think you could, you might get into a position where you have something or also, you know, if, if we can back a team up deep in their own territory, sometimes you force their hand a little bit, but, and maybe again, it's high school football, so it might not get executed how the coach exactly wants it to. But I think in terms of intentions, I don't know that it, I'd be stunned if he gets even a few more because I think he's just not going to get the chances. I think he's going to, they're just going to kick away from him all year. And now on kickoffs, if that means kicking short, I think teams are just going to take that, that risk. Yeah, I agree with Justin. I, I don't think Cam will get too many more opportunities, at least not on, not on paper, not the way it's drawn up. There could be like, like Justin mentioned, an air kick that shit wasn't supposed to go that way. And it does, or maybe Wilson adjusts. We saw cool. last year at Penn Manor where they drew up, um, you know, oh, Penn Manor's probably going to kick it short. Well, we'll put a quarterback there and have him throw across the field to Cam and see what happens there. He ended up taking one to the house in that game anyways, but I don't think he'll get a lot of opportunities. He's not going to be able to match last year's incredible uh, stat of seven return touchdowns, six more called back. Uh, I, but I do believe that he already has the career mark for return touchdowns at Wilson. I was looking through the stats book and it doesn't, it mentions individual season, which he tied last year on punt returns, but there's no cumulative uh, career totals in the stats book, but I'm sure Cam has to own that record by now. I, I also like, I distinctly remember one of the away games last year and um, where he had a big game, including some, big kick returns and punt returns. And the people are saying like, why are we kicking him after the first one? Like they knew 
Like they knew. And so that makes me think like the coaches are going to know. I don't know execution level. Sometimes it gets a little screwed up, but I mean, I'm all for him getting a ton of chances. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not banking on that. However, that can still help the team. It is limiting that weapon, but you know, you want to kick it out of bounds. We'll take it on the 40, you know, or you want to try and punt out of bounds and you get a 15 yard punt or a 20 yard punt instead. Okay. You know, I, but at the same time, field position is important, right? Like we'll, we'll take, we'll take what we can get in it, but it's almost like the, the big shop blocker, you know, that is in there and he blocks a couple early and then he's affecting shots. Even if he's not getting the blocks the rest of the way, like Cam's returning game is going to affect the Wilson team, even if he's not getting the touchdown returns. That's, that's kind of the way I look at it, but I, well, I'd love to see it. I just don't think he's going to get that many chances this year. Yeah, and, and the return against Roman was classic. I mean, he made two or three uh, cutbacks across the field, and it's just just amazing the timing uh, that he has, and he's able to combine that with his physical skills. Uh, just incredible. Well, you know that Central Dolphin's not going to kick to him because he opened last year's game with a 70-yard punt return, so uh, Glenn McNamee knows better. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I, I feel like all the remaining teams should should know better. They should have done their scouting, and you're the only ones that haven't faced Cam is, well, I guess, Reading. Everyone else left on the schedule has seen what Cam can do, um, but via the film share or in person. So yeah, I just don't see him getting very many opportunities the rest of the year. And we saw Roman Catholic short kick it mm-hmm. uh, in, in the kickoffs, so he didn't even get really in any opportunities there. So. Um, people are going to try to handcuff, handicap the, the, the Wilson team and also their own team in field position. But, uh, you know, it's better than giving up six points, uh, which, I mean, it's become essentially every, what, three or, three or four kicks he takes to the house, which is, is crazy. So um, I would like them to keep kicking to him, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to get very many more opportunities the rest of the year. So, uh, yeah, Roman Catholic didn't go uh, the way everyone had hoped, but we knew it was going to be a tough task. On to the next week, which is Central Dolphin. Um, so we're going to do our preview here shortly. But first up, I do want to uh, just mention uh, the, the pregame ceremony in honor of uh, John Doc Moyer, who retired from Wilson in the uh, the end of the school year and the 2019-2020 school year. So obviously things were a mess at the end because of the beginning of the COVID pandemic the district didn't get to do anything to honor and uh, respect his retirement. And for him to go on in the middle of that was unfortunate. So finally, here we are in August, 2022, and it was time to, to honor um, Doc's four plus decades of service to not just Wilson, the community, but to athletic training profession in general and to advancements in, in, in medical science. Uh, And he is a phenomenal representative for the school district and the community and it was great to see the district take the, this opportunity to to honor him with a uh, really cool plaque that will be hanging next to the athletic training room on the Wilson campus. And the nice words from Roy Snyder, Kiernan Melagrano, and Drew Kaufman uh, about Doc and his many, many accolades he's uh, accumulated over the years. And not a single negative comment or and anything disrespectful could be said by Doc on anything I posted. Everyone just agreed with how important uh, Doc was to uh, the Wilson community and the the athletic training profession. Uh, Matt Coldren said something interesting a few years ago when I wrote a story about uh, Doc when he was retiring. And he put John Moyer in the same company, you know, as John Gursky, Roy Snyder, 
Doug Doms. That would be your Mount Rushmore of Wilson, uh, you know, coaching or administrative figures. Uh, and I thought that was really quite a tribute because each of those other guys, of course, are, are uh, legends in their own right. And to put Doc up there um, was pretty impressive. And, you know, I mean, Doug Doms, I mean, told me at the time I wrote that story and even previously that it, it's Doc's call when a player gets hurt. Doug doesn't decide, you know, if he goes back in, it's, it was a hundred percent Doc Moyer's decision. And that's a big, that's a big call. And that's a lot of respect that uh, the coaches, you know, gave him and, and rightfully so. So, uh, you know, I hope he's enjoying his retirement. I'm sure he's proud that it's Kyle. His son is now uh, uh, working in the same capacity he did. I think that's, uh, that's really fitting. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. And, and uh, when Kyle was doing his uh, work as a, uh, I guess just graduated student or about to graduate from college. He was over with us at West Football, and we knew right away that well, he has it. Like we hope we were hoping at the time, and this was what about eight years ago. Man, I would like to see him back at Wilson, and then just a few years later, he was and is. So continue the the line of incredible uh, talent with the athletic training department because you know we heard actually I know because I was on the team when Kiernan came um, in two thousand and one, uh, and. It was just a slam dunk decision. Everything that's been made in that department, Wilson Sports Medicine is phenomenal and now has four full-time athletic trainers. Uh, so it's just great things. And all that started with Doc in 1979. So awesome opportunity for them to honor him. And they did a great job. Very well done by the district. And it was great to see Doc and his family there. All right. So, Mike, before we roll into the Central Dolphin preview, let's talk a little bit about your, about your website and how things went uh, in year one. And um, what are your expectations or hopes in year two? Well, um, thanks for, for asking. It's, it's very exciting right now. Uh, I've been waiting for the start of football season for months because football's the big ticket item. It, you know, it, it, drives, it drives the car. I mean, I'm a huge basketball fan. And to me, you know, basketball is, is, is 1A to, to football in terms of Pennsylvania high school sports. But the interest level of football, there's nothing like it. And uh, I was fortunate in the uh, off season. I started uh, working on a, a deal with the Lancaster Intelligencer Journal, LNP News, to uh, to partner because with this new league with thirty seven teams, uh, they 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 have the desire to cover every game, uh, and they they knew they weren't going to be able to do it with their staff because it's just difficult to find. Uh, uh, that many people to cover games on a Friday night. And I knew it was in my best interest to partner with them because I would like to cover more games. Last season, we covered four to five games on a Friday night with, with a, a reporter there, but you know, it would be nice to get more. And through this partnership, we are now sharing stories. Uh, Friday night, uh, I had a reporter at nine of the 10 uh, games involving Burke's teams and, and they reported for the website. And plus I also have access to all of the stories that uh, LNP produces. So if you checked out the website today, I, I selected some of the bigger games, the McCaskey game, the Mannheim Township loss. Uh, I think Lancaster Catholic had a nice win. There are five or six uh, games from the LL League that don't involve Burke's teams, but you can find the stories on our website. And also Lancaster readers, they can find all of the stories from Friday night's game and also the Why Missing game yesterday on, on their website. So I think it's a win-win for uh, both sides, I think it's definitely a win for uh, our readers, you know, to get uh, that coverage. And we have full box scores on every game, and, um, and you just can't find that anywhere else. And if you're into football, 
that's the place you want to go check it out yeah when when joey sent me uh the link to that article like right away and i'm like oh man this is this is incredible and i i read it and then not too long after that i think you posted an article from like sir about the columbia team and i've got the special tie to columbia and i was just i was like giddy i was like yes i'm so excited um yeah it's incredible like you know uh to be able to find the scores for all the all the well the, just the massive league like it, it would be hard for any one group to to cover that but yeah it it is incredible um i've loved what it how it's worked so far and i'm I'm excited for how that kind of continues throughout the season but just because it, there are so many games that you were able to touch on it it it's awesome and uh people are noticing on on tuesday and i don't know why it happened on tuesday but we had the all-time high number of hits on the website it wasn't any particular big breaking story, but I think it was just the interest in football was starting the crescendo. And then on Friday, of course, we topped that record by 50%. And then wow. on Saturday, when there was only one game played, I topped Friday's uh, oh, wow. record. So people were jumping on yeah. to read about what they missed. Right. People, yeah, they, right. Because, you know, obviously a lot of the stories went up Friday night at 11, 11 midnight. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, was, yeah, yeah. I think I posted the, <laughs> my second Wilson story, which was a rewrite around uh, 3.15, and I don't think you were you were up waiting for that one. I, I su suspect no, you I, were I in I got bed. that in the morning when right. I woke up. I saw the <laughs> right. first stuff. I saw a lot Friday night, because right. it, it takes me a long time to calm down after a Friday night football game, and I'm not even one playing or coaching in it, but uh, it, I still, you know, I went to the, the doc reception, but I got home and immediately jumped on all the different coverage sites, you know, what can I read about, you know, what are they saying? about Wilson Roman Catholic and then what are they saying about the other LL teams and the other Burks teams because I like to keep up with what's going on with why well, missing Mifflin Exeter I, I want to know what's going on so you know I'm just refreshing Twitter feed and see what what's the next link that's being posted and yeah I, but I was not up at 3 a.m. no I was not so. well uh, there, there were I, there were a few people and they might have been in western time zones but it's interesting you know I can track live how many people are on the site at any given time and of course around midnight maybe 1230 it starts to fade and people are going to bed but the, the goal is to get as much stuff on there so in the morning when you wake up at six or seven or whenever you wake up there's there's a lot of content there yeah i feel like that's an understatement a lot it doesn't even do it justice what's available now um you yeah, know I, like you you mentioned earlier and i i it's not really tongue-in-cheek like you know throughout the day you know we'll we'll be sending texts like oh did you see this art i this week, I was like, man, I just can't keep up. I, I, like, I feel like that was just an example of how I felt about football season and certainly how Joey feels about football season, about how, like, just that excitement was bubbling up and it was here. And I, I can't – I love being the consumer of that information. Like, I, I can't get enough of it. So it's just – yeah, it's a great resource to be able to get that information. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Last year, the website launched August 1st, and I had about 10, 10 to 12 stories up the first day. And I get a, a text from Steve O'Neill, the offensive line coach <laughs> yeah. at YMSA, at around two or three in the afternoon. He says, oh, I just read all the stories. And I was <laughs> like, Steve, I just spent the last two weeks writing these. Like, you know, give me a break. <laughs> Slow down a little bit because I can't write 12 stories every day. So uh, It's funny. When, when Justin said last week, he's like, I can't even keep up with all the content. I was like, it's funny. As soon as I see it posted, I read it immediately. And I my, my thought is... When's the next one coming out? <laughs> I feel like I, me and Steve are one in the same. Everything is posted. I read it immediately. And then I'm just like, I got to wait until he tweets out another link. Mm -hmm. um, but to, yeah. Just just so anybody who looks at the site just knows, I'll tell you a little bit about the process. I try to have 
a fresh fresh story up there now in season. We'll have several per day, but you know, to to give the site a new look three to four times a day, and like at that main primary position, which like the lead story, I, I hope to change that two and three times each day. Uh, and then on a Friday night, we had we post an early story, which is a you know a short version of the story as soon as we can by eleven o'clock, just so you get a few details. And then our writers are going to rewrite that story in, into a fuller version that'll include a you know, post game reaction and more details in a box score. Uh, so, you know, if you check the website early, like at 10, 30, 11, Friday night, check back again at midnight before you go to bed or first thing in the morning, you're probably going to get a fresh, uh, fresh expanded story for, for football coverage. Yeah. The fleshed out with stats right. and quotes and pictures and all that stuff, uh, because it's not just the journalists you have, you have photographers going uh, to many of these games. And like you said, the collaboration with um, the Lancaster newspapers, uh, Lancaster online, um, it's just top notch. And I love getting Jeff on the, uh, Oh, that's what. Let's not talk about the Fearless Friday forecast because honestly, I was feeling really good. And when Wilson was up twelve nothing, uh, I know most people had picked Wilson, but um, I was feeling good about that. Honestly, I was surprised how many picked Wilson. I thought I was going to be in the minority there, but I'm never going to pick against my Bulldogs. So, um, but yeah, Fearless Friday forecast. Uh, that's interesting for me because there's some teams that I don't know a lot about. So going in a little bit blind, but now that there's going to be some stories written, some stats, I'm hoping to maybe make a better showing next week. Well, I just, just so everybody knows, I will pick Wilson to win every week, even to week 16. It doesn't matter because if I don't, Ernie Wolver is going to be on me <laughs> so badly and I'll never live it down. So even if I thought they were going to go, Oh, and 10, I would still pick the Bulldogs every week. Just so people know that. And uh, everybody, I think we have 14, people picking 13 people picking games everybody picked mifflin to beat springford yeah well i we heard about that yeah one. well apparently chad brubaker somebody either he or somebody of staff put up a meme about that and, well i did yeah calling was, us the dean the dean uh, worm or the animal house crew yeah, because yeah. we were 0.0 grade point average who um or the whoever runs the um springford rams football twitter account very active, um, not shy to, to, to speak their mind, responded to someone. I don't know if it was you or someone had posted the Fearless Friday forecast link uh, or a, a screenshot of the picks where no one picked Springford. And yeah, they posted the GIF um, from Animal House, and um, I, I did. I did allude to that, and you know, I retweeted the article to say, you know, basically, I will hopefully this will be fun. I'm hoping to do better next week, but I am excited to be part of bulletin board material for other teams. As long as it doesn't negatively impact Wilson, I'm all about it. Uh, and when a team is taking down Wilson's rival, I'm also all about that too. So, well, the whole staff whipped on that one. So, uh, what can I say? Uh, you know, next time I, I I'll know better. I'll, I'll I'll call Chad and ask him what he's got. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll tell me the truth, or maybe he won't. Yeah, well, Springford has been very good under uh, under Chad's uh, tutelage, so it looks like they've got a got a good team down there. Well, once again, and can make some noise in District One. But, all right, so uh, last uh, fifteen minutes or so of the show, let's dedicate to Wilson's next game, Week Two, Game Two. We got to go to Harrisburg to take on Central Dolphin, who. Um, you know, we've mentioned for a while had been the first game of the season has been a staple in the non-league slate since 2014 for Wilson. It's always a meaningful game in the District 3 playoff race. It's a very important game. The only year it wasn't played was the COVID year when it had to get axed in 2020. 
it's uh it's been an interesting series with the Rams mostly because they're one of the few teams that Wilson actually has a losing record against. Um Central Dolphin leads uh Wilson 7 to 5 in their 12 meetings, so this is the 13th time the two teams have met, but Wilson has the won the last two in 2019 and last year uh, at Gursky 27 to 21 to open the 2021 season. Um CD had gone on a stretch of I believe four wins in a row in the series prior to that. So uh, you mentioned Glenn McNamee, great, great coach, great staff they have there. And I feel like Central Dolphins, very similar to Wilson. It's like every year you can count on them being good, uh, being aggressive, being physical, uh, and and never giving up. Uh, they suffered a setback yesterday. Uh, they lost to Central York, who has moved on from Bo Pribula, but they seem to have a lot of talent um, back in that York, uh, York Adams League this year. But Mike, what do you see about Central Dolphin leading into the season or even after this week one loss to Central York? What are, what are your expectations for the Rams right now? Well, I, I think, and, and you, you made a good point, that it's a very similar program to Wilson because it starts at the top with an excellent head coach and a really strong staff and then a tradition. And, um, you know, the other thing about Glenn, he, he knows Wilson's personnel better than anyone not on the Wilson staff. I mean, almost every year I'll call him before the game and he'll run down the players one after another and not only know their names or numbers, but he knows their tendencies. He studies a lot of Wilson football, I guarantee in January, February, March. He's he's on his computer watching the Bulldogs and, and some of his other top rivals. Uh, but so he, you know, he knows Wilson as well as anybody the Bulldogs are going to play and his teams are going to be prepared. Uh, I, I just get the feeling the last few years... The, the program has just dipped somewhat, uh, you know, just a half a level down. And, and as you mentioned, Wilson's gotten them the last couple of years. Uh, a little, little surprised by not only the loss to Central York, which I, I had the impression they had a lot of seniors last year on that Central York team. So uh, to, to see them lose 36-19, and that game was 36-6, to Going into the fourth quarter, oh, was it? I did yeah. not know that. A Central Dolphins scored two late touchdowns, okay. so that's a pretty lopsided game. So, um, also, uh, CD was picked uh, what fifth in the Mid Penn Conference uh, th- this year by I looked at Penn Live. I mean, Harrisburg, of course, is the, sure. the favorite state college, Cumberland Valley, and then Carlisle was picked ahead of them for what that's worth. Ooh, okay, a couple of notes there. Cumberland Valley just beat Manheim Township in Week yeah. One. Very interesting note for Wilson there. And Carlisle plays Mifflin this week. Right. So, okay. Well, so we'll know a lot about the mid-pen then. Well, Wilson, Central Dolphin, Mifflin, Carlisle. Uh, interesting. Okay. I mean, I figured Harrisburg was the team to beat there. And State College is always strong, though. Wilson doesn't usually end up having to deal with State College unless it's a really good year and we're relating to the playoffs. But, okay, I didn't realize Central Dolphin was picked fifth. I did not get thorough enough into my med- mid-pen reading, apparently focused on Burks and L.L., so Central Dolphin graduated their quarterback. Max Mosey was the guy there. He was, what, three or four-year starter for them. Um, and also, interesting note, where's he going to college now? He doesn't go to Holy Cross. Holy Cross. Yeah. So him and Cam Jones will be teammates within a year. But, wow, okay, I didn't didn't realize. Fifth place in the mid-pen, and they were down that big to Central well, York. And, like, you know, it, it's hard to gauge Central York because they were so senior. They had a lot of senior, like, contributors last year. It's hard to gauge kind of what's there underneath, but Central Dolphin giving up 30 plus to anyone grabs my attention because, you know, they've had everyone has had, you know, their, their fits with Harrisburg the last few years and things like that. But even those are usually like 
20 something to the team, you know, like to put up 30 some points on central dolphin gets your attention, but also grabs your attention thinking like it's unlikely to happen twice. Well, and now <laughs> like, central York's gotten the better of central dolphin by a wide scoring margin twice as they were the ones yeah. that beat CD in the playoffs in 2020, the year that Wilson was, was left right. out and right. the pandemic shortened uh, playoffs. So that, that huge years for Central York, and they're doing it now without, you know, a blue chip quarterback prospect. Although I hear the entire quarterback room up there is really strong. So um, I don't know if Wilson will get to see Central York this year or not, but we do get to see Central Dolphin. And that's this week coming up in Harrisburg uh, at um, Speed Eversol Stadium. And uh, remember that is played. Everyone listening, that is played at Central Dolphin Middle School. Do not go to the high school. That stadium is at the middle school. And obviously Harrisburg traffic, you're going to want to leave a little bit early to get there. It can be uh, one heck of a drive. Yeah, it's but, yeah. pretty close to right off of 283. Yeah. yeah. So, so Glenn McNamee's got his work cut out for him. And I know a lot of people right now after the first week thinks uh, Coach Doug Doms has his work cut out for him too at Wilson. But uh, both teams well-respected around the state. And it's always an interesting battle. So looking forward to that one. I do not do not ask me about injuries because I do not de- dive into that. Whoever is out on the field Friday night, that's who's going to play. Um, so any of you listening out there, don't ask me about uh, who's coming back because I do not know. And if I did, I wouldn't tell you anyways. So, um, but my anything else to say about r- game against Roman Catholic or what Wilson has coming up against the Rams? No, I, I got the sense, and again, I'm no Doc Moore that, that none of those injuries were significant. That I don't think they were season enders, right? No. Right, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see most of those guys back uh, Friday night. Uh, Cleveland, you know, it looked like a sprained ankle. You don't know about those, but again, I I think we'll, you know, I think they'll be near full strength on Friday night. But and like Coach Dom's alluded to after the game with his team in the huddle, you got to have that next man up mentality. It's time to uh, show what you're made of. We saw the team do it last year, and it should have got them on the right path this year. And now, just again. Um, those unheralded seniors or underclassmen, it's it's time to go. The biggest thing and one of the cliches in at least high school sports, if not across all of football, is you see your biggest improvement from week one to week two. And I know n- not only is Wilson hoping for that, but Central Dolphin will be as well. Both teams entering that game at 0-1. So, uh, Justin, you have anything else on the uh, the season so far? No, just like you said, um, you know, the, there's a lot of improvement to be made for week two. I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll see it. Uh, we also know that, like you said, Central Dolphins going to, they're going to make their improvements too, and they're going to be ready for us. Uh, it's never an easy trip to go up to Central Dolphin. Um, but, you know, you, you got to prepare whether you were somebody who kind of got thrown into the fire on Friday night or whether you were kind of somebody that was expected to be, you know, in that battle. Like we, we've got a week to get right, you know, uh, get it figured out. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm confident that the coaches and the coaching staff, uh, who I have a lot of confidence in are going to get the guys in that, in that, in the right positions. You know, I think a couple things looking back while it, while the wheels came off in the fourth quarter and, and it did a little before that have the sense, like Mike alluded to before that Wilson's kind of like hanging in there. Um, you know, I, the final score doesn't reflect Wilson's total effort in that game, you know, and, and I, I feel like. That's something that Wilson can, you know, they can know that they hung in there for a while with a with a very talented team. At the same time, there, there's still lots lots to do, um, but I, I'm not I'm just not hitting the panic button yet, and I, I'm confident that they're going to be prepared and as prepared as uh, they need to be to to go into uh, 
Harrisburg on or well, Central Dolphin in Harrisburg on Friday and uh, give it a good shot. Now, before I ask Mike a, a final question, he'll he'll wrap us up. I do want to take a minute just to mention one more uh, thing. Uh, the next home game is Friday, September 9th at Gursky. That will be against Martin Luther King, another Philadelphia area school that Wilson got to play last year. But that is the night of the Wilson Football Tradition Club's uh, annual championship team reunions. And it is uh, featuring the 20th anniversary of my senior year, the 2002 team. Um, the RSVP date is rapidly approaching. It is this Wednesday, uh, August 31st. We would like to know if the former coaches, players, managers, trainers, uh, if you're coming to that game, please let me know. Uh, email Wilson Bulldogs Football at gmail.com and uh, we'll make sure that we'll add you to the list. Very excited to see um, a lot of former players and I know some former coaches coming back. Uh, Coach Victor Brown will be there uh, and we're, we've gotten up to now about a dozen players returning. I'd love to see a few more. So if you were a teammate of mine on that 2002 team, not just seniors, all of them, everyone on that team, sophomores, juniors, uh, everyone, if you'd like to go, uh, let me know. That should be a good time. Looking forward to uh, reminiscing on the 20th anniversary of the uh, uh, 2002 football team, you know, 11 and one district three runner up undefeated in the regular season, 10 and 0. Um, it was a great year. And I look forward to uh, seeing a lot of you back there. Who, who was your quarterback on that team? I can't I, remember that guy. The name remember guy. I wonder whatever guy. happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, he just got lost to the record books, you know, probably never mentioned again. I think he's going by anonymous now, right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, I think so. So, uh, Mike, last thing, we have just about five minutes or so to go. We want to make sure we get in that hour, and this is a perfect opportunity to let you know about some of the other Burks teams. Uh, I know you were at the Wyatt Missing game yesterday. How did the Spartans look? I've been telling people this. I don't think I've written it yet, but I don't think I'm going to see them lose this year. I, I, I just think... You know, they are so sound and so talented and so big, and they have a wealth of offensive options. I mean, Riker Jones, I think, could start for any team in the county other than other than Wyo. I mean, he could start for Wyo if they needed him, and he could be a thousand yard back, but they're so deep and he's important to them at linebacker, and they don't like to play too many guys both ways or full time both ways. He's a tremendous talent, but he's like the fourth or fifth or sixth option on offense. I mean, uh, Drew Eisenhower. Terrific. Charlie McIntyre, nobody knows about him. He's one of the fastest guys in the county. Uh, the quarterback's the second-year starter, Ben Zekman, very solid back there. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know about the lineman, Javen, and, and uh, uh, Caleb Brewer, who has moved to tight end. He's probably going to be the biggest tight end in, in the Lancaster Lebanon League. He's about 6'4", 280. Uh, Payson Ziegler, who missed a lot of last year with a foot injury, another guy in the 280 range. You know, they're just Huge. I just can't see another 3A team stopping them. It's too bad there's not a lot of talent for Coach O'Neill to work with over there. It's a shame. I wish one of these years, you know, they, someone would step up for him. His number one job is taking those guys to eat after practice. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be making any bets about it. You know, number of pancakes equals this meal, Coach Steve, because you're going to be coming out on the short end. Although he probably would be happy about that. If they're, if they're um, piling up the stats on, on offense or on defense... I think he'll be okay. Yeah. So, yeah, back-to-back state championship appearances for them, and I know a lot of people think they can make it three in a row. So battling it out in that section four in the new Burks LL, though, uh, there's a lot of talent there, but I believe why missing is going to come out on top. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how good Kel Calico is because they handled Warwick pretty good. So, uh, and of course, that line Peter Strasburg has been on top lately, but this this why missing team is special. You know, there there's not a drop-off from last year, as incredible as that is. And I, I thought last year there would be a drop-off from the year before because they had such a great senior class. It's it's amazing the talent that's come through there and how t- 
disciplined they are and, and uh, uh, how, how together they are. I know you weren't there since you were at the Wilson game, but what about uh, how about Exeter and Mifflin? What did you hear about those two games? Exeter, not terribly surprised, but the good sign was, you know, they went with Mason Rotelli at quarterback over uh, Joey Schlaffer. And we, n- nobody knows anything about Mason, but he performed very well. Uh, you know, very efficient in that game. I think he also ran for a score. He threw for a couple of touchdowns. And again, Exeter has t- tremendous line, and those guys go both ways. I mean, and, and now Joey Schlaffer's playing defensive end to go with, you know, Lucas Belange is a great offensive lineman playing linebacker. And, uh, you know, they've got Anthony, Anthony Cachis, of course, another big time player. So uh, they are stacked uh, there, and they will, uh, you know, they are going to. I made them the favorite in section two. Uh, Mannheim Central is going to challenge them, of course. Um, Warwick, we'll see if they can get it back. And of course, Mifflin, I think, will be will be better as the season goes along because they they were very young to start the season. But uh, Exeter looking very good right now. I think one of the most interesting off-season or preseason, however you want to look at articles, was you looking back at what if Burks and LL had merged last year? Could Burks have swept the five section? I feel like that could possibly be on the table this year as we're seeing, you know, it's just one game, but um, people think Wilson's in a three-way race with Township and Hemfield. We've just talked about Exeter and Mifflin in, in two, why missing uh, in, in section four and then section three and five seems to be the toss-ups, but um, there's uh, possibilities uh, for Burke's teams to come out on top. It would be incredible. I, I have Burke's teams as the favorite in four of the five sections. The only one is, not is section three, which is a complete toss up. But I think, and, and now I had Boone as one of the top contenders. They, they lost, lost their quarterback. quarterback. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I don't think it's a season engine ending injury. So maybe, you know, by the time league play starts, he'll be back and he'll be okay. Uh, but uh, Fleetwood's going to be competitive. Fleetwood's probably the team I underrated the most. I think I picked them fifth or sixth. Uh, in that section, very good opening night. Yeah, but even before that, I went out and then I I go to every every school to take pictures and meet the kids and you know you get you, you get a first look at them in a uniform to see what they look like and that tells me a lot. I mean, you know, I just see a guy and you know, this guy looks like a player and I think I underrated them. It was going to be a lot more competitive than I thought. And Twin Valley, which I had up there, I think I picked them third. I mean, I, I put a lot of faith in their new coach, Brett Myers, a tremendous coach. You look at his track record, and it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when for Twin Valley. When, you know, at some point, they're going to dominate Section 3 within the next two to three years. Maybe it'll be this year, but I think three years from now, everybody's going to be looking up at Twin Valley. Yeah, it was Twin Valley's new head coach, uh, Coach Brett Myers. He was a thorn in the side of why I'm missing his time at Middletown, what he was able to do there with that program. I took a year off and now at Twin Valley. And yeah, I, I do like what the Raiders have going for them there. Uh, I, I was high on them entering the season. I picked them to win this week. I know there was, I think that was one that was closely picked, if I remember correctly. That was correctly. one of the toss up. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like a nine to four. Nine, four, eight, mm-hmm. five, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So um, awesome. Well, have you uh, looked at the schedule? Do you know where you're going this week? I, I have not. It's uh, it's up in the air. Way too early in the <laughs> week. I'm still still working on week one, but I did put up a story this morning. Uh, my four downs, which is every yep, Sunday yep, Sunday yep. morning or early afternoon, just kind of my four big takeaways from the weekend. So uh, you can check that out and let me know what you think. 
always we do justin and i are always right there when as soon as they're posted we like to check those out and um and send them out on uh, social media you can follow uh wilson bulldogs wilson bulldogs football bulldog hour um you know mr raffoff coach joe mays facebook twitter instagram we got bulldog hour or wilson football on twitch and youtube and um make sure you follow mike uh uh, at Mike, Mike Drago Sports on Facebook and Twitter and at MDrago59 on, on Twitter as well for his personal account. So uh, be sure to follow us so you can stay up to date with uh, not just Wilson football, the Wilson Bulldogs, but also all of uh, Berks County and a little bit of LL flavor now through MikeDragoSports.com. So I think that's all I have for you, Mike. Justin, you have anything to just, close us just out? Just one quick shout out in, in honor of Mike's uh, combined with the LL League here. I Columbia did get a win over Eastern New York on Friday night against former the coach who Bud Kyle left Columbia went to Eastern New York. Now, he's he's from New York, so like I get you, you get it, it right? right. It it's makes not sense. meant to be a shot. It's just I'm happy for Columbia uh, to get that win. That was a meaningful win for them. So. Yeah, roll tide. Yeah, absolutely. On Fridays, that's what I said. Right? <laughs> roll, roll tide, tide on, on Fridays. Fridays. Yeah, not we yeah. don't want to see on Saturdays. No, <laughs> uh, no, no crimson involved. But yeah, so. That's it, I think. So, Mike, appreciate you joining us. Best of luck this football season and the website. And I hope I can do better in the Fearless Friday forecast from here on out. Uh, I did start to talk to my dad about a compensation package. Um, we'll see. I know, I believe it was Sean who already said, declared himself the winner, and he wanted his sandwich. Uh, so, we'll see. It's it's a long year, Sean. You know, some of us uh, start slowly. And uh, the there's like 13, 13 prognosticators, huh? So I, I do think, I feel like Jeff is the, uh, the favorite there. He's been doing it for a while, um, but we'll see. It's a long season. Look forward to it the rest of the year. Thank you for including me in that. And I look forward to covering the Bulldogs and anyone else that I can get to uh, on Saturdays. Looking at you, why I'm missing? I'll be getting to a game or two here in the not too distant future. But that's it for us here at the Bulldog Hour for uh, Season 8, Episode 7. We will be back next Sunday night, 8.30 in our normal time slot to discuss Wilson's game against Central Dolphin and then preview week three against Martin Luther King. So for Justin Raffoff and Mike Drago, I'm Joe Mays. Until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. One more Wilson football. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.